Yo, yo, what up? This is Raphael, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board, and I have my guy, Richard Stamen, Mavs Draft and Magic Draft. And today I'm going to put him on the hot seat. He is in charge of fixing the Orlando Magic through the draft, and he also has a pick for the Mavericks. Stay tuned. All right, shout out to each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board Podcast their first listen of the day. And today we have a title sponsor. It is Bet Online. And, you know, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And like I mentioned in the opening, I have my guy, Richard Stamen, AKA Mr. Mavs Draft. But today he has a harder job because I need him to fix the Orlando Magic. But before we get into that, just wanted to see what's up, man. How, how's everything going? Crazy weather here in Dallas right now. As we're recording this, where you know, I think we're under tornado watch or something. So, you know, super exciting uh, times. Super exciting times. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. I um, have some pre-draft stuff. I'm going to be traveling the next few weeks, and even though I, I really kind of need to be chilling because I'm still trying to get back adjusted to the u.s time but it's it's like it's it's season time you know what i'm saying like it's it's the time of the year that that um it's a it's our peak season that's basically what i should say and then um yeah i mean i'm looking forward to it what about you any any pre-draft stuff that you have going on yeah it, i uh i went to a couple one workout this weekend it's a pretty deeply obscure one but i uh, got to see caleb would do uh out of the Santa Cruz Warriors. He wasn't eligible, or he wasn't in last year's draft due to some mishaps um, from the agency side. But um, he's now in it. One of the better shooters uh, in this draft shot, eight forty percent from uh, from three in Santa Cruz. And going out to, uh, I'm going to be going out to Miami soon to see Isaiah Wong. So excited for that. So Isaiah Wong, are they paying you for that? I mean, I feel like they definitely should be <laughs> should be paying you for all this free publicity that, that he's been getting for the last three years. Now, is he working out on, on campus? Do you know which agency he's working yeah, out with? Yeah, it's on campus. Don't know the agency. Uh, hoping to probe a little bit and find uh, some more intel out while I'm there. Okay. I may need to have to go out to Miami a little bit this summer. I've heard... Um, I mean, I've, I've heard quite a few guys are working out there, or at least in, in the area. I think Jalen Duran, I heard he is possibly about out there. I heard Josh Minot is possibly out there in the area. Then um, Ronnie Taylor that runs Taylor Sports Group. I mean, I'm sure everybody's seen all the videos of Michael Beasley and John Wall. Um, he, he'll probably have some guys out there. I know last year he had James Booknight, and I had a chance to watch some of those workouts. I didn't get a chance to film. I guess I wasn't big enough. And, you know, they felt like it, I wasn't big enough, basically. Wait, to... <laughs> can I ask a very important question as somebody who had Book Night 5 on their big board last year? What did you think of him in that game? Like, was there something that popped either way? In the workouts? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought the shooting was, was kind of like the biggest concern. And I thought he shot the ball really well in the workouts. And, um, you know, I think part of the shooting issue was he had like the elbow injury. And so I think that kind of messed up his percentages when he, when he came back. But yeah, I remember you were super high on book night and a lot of people are, are happy to see that, uh, 
the coach is gone because they felt like Borrego, I think that's how you pronounce his name, was the main one holding Book Knight and, and Kai Jones back. Of course, everybody loves rookies, or young guys, but uh, we'll, we'll see we'll know who, who Charlotte hires next and, and if Book Knight can get a little bit more minutes in the rotation. I was honestly, I was shocked to see, I mean, his role or lack thereof in, in Charlotte, especially with Gordon Hayward being out so much. I thought that was, you know, an, an opening for him. But let's talk about the reason why you're here today. I see you didn't have on a Mav shirt today because you know most of your work is going to be with the Orlando Magic. But speaking of that, I haven't received a locked on shirt yet. I have to. Who, I need to figure out who I need to talk to. I haven't got one yet. I, I think there's a guy on Locked On Mavs that might be able to help you. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I got this probably like three months ago. So I think you were in Europe. Maybe that's why. Maybe they just don't ship out there. But that's uh, yeah. You need to get that. It's sick. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to have to pull up on him at the Mavs game. <laughs> at the Mavs game and, and get my shirt. All right, so the Orlando Magic, based off of the standings today, have the number two pick in the draft. Who Who's your choice? Who's your guy for Orlando at number two? You know, it's, it's one of two guys. I, I think I can safely, and this isn't because of talent on the first one, uh, I can safely rule out Jaden Ivey just because uh, what the Magic have done the last couple of years, they've gone all in on these guards. And one of the consequences of doing that, unless you rapidly shift away from that, which I think is a bad decision um, personally, you kind of have played yourself out of the Jaden Ivey sweepstakes. That's one of the consequences of getting Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, all within a, all with, in consecutive seasons. So, and RJ Hampton while we're at it. So I think they're successfully out of that. The, the Chet Holmgren sweepstakes, you know, it checks the boxes. This front office in Milwaukee, um, uh, Hammond absolutely loved those long guys. That's why you got Giannis. That's why you got Von Maker. It goes both ways. What a, what uh, a contrast. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. only one of them was predicted to be the MVP by Kevin Garnett, and it wasn't yeah, Giannis. It wasn't Giannis. <laughs> and so I really don't know. I think that you can't go wrong with Paolo and, and Jabari. I think Chet is also hyperproductive and will be a good player. How good is the question for me? Not if he's good. So my top pick is probably Jabari, but I'm very, very happy also with Paolo. All right. So Jabari, your top pick. How does Jabari fit with this current roster? And, and, and factor in, Jonathan Isaac is going to play basketball again someday. He has to play. I mean, he's been out longer than Ben Simmons. <laughs> so <laughs> how, how does that factor in? I'm biting my tongue on saying anything about Isaac other than when he's healthy, you know, the, the core identity this Magic front office has built since they took over is defense. They, they highly prioritize defense. Uh, they're willing to punt it a couple of times, so that's why Jalen Suggs is so important. RJ Hampton's a good defender. You look at every position, they have a good defender somewhere. I mean, even Mo Bamba is like a mediocre defender, and he was one of the worst defenders on the team, arguably. So there's a very strong defensive identity. Javari Smith fits there. I think the main fit that Jabari Smith has, and this is with or without Isaac, I think this is why he's such a great fit because he's, I think he's going to be an off-ball player early on, especially. And, and I know that that doesn't sound like the sexiest thing to pick at the top. I get that. But this roster has absolutely no off-ball shooting. It's really, I mean, Mo Bamba was one, probably their second best, best off-ball shooter outside of Terrence Ross. So getting them shooters, I think it makes everybody better. 
helps him on defense and hopefully he can grow into a creator of his own because they really just don't have outside of Franz, they really don't have a front court creator unless I'm absolutely drawing a blank here. Kind of Wendell Carter. I guess he developed there, but again, not to the level I see Jabari growing into. All right, let's say, I mean, let's based off the order, let's say Houston takes Ben Carroll number one. I'm sorry, Houston takes Jabari number one. And so you're saying Paolo would be your second choice there? Yeah, and it gets a little bit trickier there because, again, Jabari just fits like a glove into every single team. Like when you have an elite off-ball player and a really good defender, and it's hard not to put him on all 30 teams and say he works, he works, even like Phoenix or something. You could fit him in, obviously, where they have a tighter rotation and a lot of depth. I, I really like Paolo, too. My worry is just will he take touches away and will that cause – and I don't have an issue personally with that. It's just kind of the effect of that, of will that cause – a rift in development and chemistry, whatever it is, having too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, that's going to happen regardless, in my yeah, opinion. Because... Exactly. That's why <laughs> I'm not that hesitant on taking power. Yeah, because even I think if you take Jabari, I mean, he's still number two. So, I mean, outs, I mean, that would make him their highest guy that they've drafted, which means you have to assume that he could be the guy, which – I, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's why you're in charge here. That's why I'm putting you in charge. All right, before I get into more questions about what the Magic should do if Bancaro is their pick, I want to talk to the audience about prize picks. And if you've been listening, then you know about prize picks. But if this is your first listen, it's your first time hearing about prize picks, let me explain it to you. It's like, if you're looking for a new daily fantasy option, right? And I was, I was trying to find out the easiest way to describe it. But Prize Picks is just daily fantasy made easy. And you should check it out on the award winning app. Prize Picks is, again, daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players and over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it is just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Prize Picks is safe. And it offers fast withdrawal. So use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. And Prize Picks offers a variety of options. Any prop you can think of, from point score to rebounds, even steals. And it even allows mixed sports entries. So you can go the over on LeBron and the under on Tom Brady. And Prize Picks doesn't just offer NBA, they have options on college basketball, college football, NFL, Major League Baseball, soccer, MMA, and more. And for a limited time, just a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 free. And if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you have to use the code NBA, you heard me right. That is right. This is an exclusive offer available for Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA. $50 for free. And if a player in your first prize pick entry scores, a single point. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate all the listeners and everybody that has made the NBA Big Board podcast. I almost said Locked On NBA Draft again, but it's like week three. I should be better. But thank you so much. But for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It gives you nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and is available wherever you get your podcasts. And it is also on YouTube. All right. This is Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and founder of NBA Draft Junkies. I still run that. I'm, I'm 
just kind of getting the hang of things with NBA Big Board, but I have some changes I'm making to NBA Draft Junkies, and I will be making those announcements soon. But I'm with my guy, Mavs Draft. But today, he's yeah, he's still Mavs Draft, but he's got to fix this situation in Orlando. And before we left, we talked about Ben Carroll with, with the Magic. And do you think that if he were... If, if he were available for Orlando and they made him the number two pick in the draft, do you think he's the opening day starter at the four? Man. No. Uh, yes. Yes. It's tough. It, it, um, <laughs> it's, it's tough. Either, either way you spin it because, man. you know, Isaac is getting money. He's. I don't think yeah. he starts. I actually don't think he starts with the injury. I think they pull that as an excuse. So you would say, who's my, your starting five? Yeah, my, I'm I'm pulling up the roster thinking about this, but I, unless I'm really blanking, I, I feel like it's going to be the, the only question I was I was more hesitant on would Franz play the four, um, and would they play three guards? But I think that's pretty unrealistic or Ross or something. But I think Ross would come off the bench. I think he's Maybe, gone anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the reality. He he's played his last game there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Markel Fultz. Oh, Anthony, but see, it gets hard though because now you, you're suddenly in a second year. Jalen Suggs isn't starting. That's a concern. And then Franz Wagner, Paolo, and Wendell Carter. The, the locks for starting are definitely Fultz, Carter, and Franz Wagner. Those are the safest spots. Like nobody's touching those spots. You think so? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Wendell, Wendell and Franz above all, but I mean, like Fultz has, I mean, he's been the best point guard. I mean, what we saw in the final stretch was better than just about most of what we saw from the others throughout the year. Cole Anthony had a really good early part of the season, but he, he fell off. And, and when you talk about uh, like the, you know, who's the man in a sense, like if you take Jabari and, and who's the franchise guy, then I think there could be some issues there. And this is just my opinion. I'm not saying this like I have some inside information or anything like that, but if I'm not mistaken, Cole Anthony led the team in scoring, correct? which means, you know, I'm sure he's going into the offseason not thinking that he's going to come off the bench. <laughs> so I think yep. the training camp battles for, for next year, and we haven't even talked about free agency or anything like that. The training camp battles for next year are going to be crazy. All right now you can put on your Dallas Mavericks hat. All right? Much easier. Much easier. <laughs> Much easier. The 26th pick. I mean, this is such a, a, a wide range, but out of the players that you think will be available, actually, you know, before we get into the players that you think will be available, what do you think is the Mavericks' biggest team need that they would need to fill at, at number 26? Yeah, I think it's it's one of two things. I mean, you can never have enough shooters, but I think that's come less and less of a priority. Um, I think it's a big man that can protect the rim. I, I think it's really just a rim protector, you know, Maxi Kleba is more of a below the rim rim protector. They don't have somebody that can anchor a defense and, and I guess just be a two blocks a game guy. I, obviously that's, that's a little bit high. That's too high over a block and a half a game. Cause I've, I'm going to have to pull this up now and check my numbers, but I'm pretty sure they just don't have that. You know, they don't have somebody who can meet guys at the rim on dunks consistently. Maxi ends up on the other side now a lot, uh, a lot more. I just, I feel like he's a he's a good defender, but just not, not like a true rim protector. Yeah, Kristaps was the only one over one solid block a game. The next was Maxi, so they need to replace that blocking production from Porzingis. The first below the rim rim protector I've ever heard of. 
mean, I mean it, 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 it no it, it makes sense it, it does make sense but I've just <laughs> never heard of it used in in that term because I mean I guess you can say the same thing about EJ Liddell you know he's yeah. not like this high flyer guy that has crazy vertical pop but he's an excellent shot blocker so you know that's that's a new term i'm going to add to my scouting notes below the rim rim <laughs> protector so <laughs> thank you thank you for that we're always evolving and growing in this industry and you know we have these you know like different titles that we pick up but now I mean, when I do a report on E.J. Liddell, I can say that he is a below-the-rim rim protector, and I got it from you describing Maxi Kleber. All right, so who is your choice for the maps? Are you going with shooting? Or are you going with the, the rim protector? Uh, first, I'm hoping somebody falls. Man, I... You never know with this draft. The, the <laughs> who, I mean, we don't know who it is, but also some of the guys I want to fall actually don't fit that entirely well, like Kendall Brown. I would have loved on the Mavs, but with Josh Green uh, being a misfit, even though he's developed, you really need two Josh Greens. Like, I just, I don't know if that's the experiment you want to go forward with. Like, learn from your mistakes. Don't take it, don't double down on it kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe, I, I don't know what some of these guys' stocks are. I feel like there's like 20 guys at a top 10 range. So somebody's got to fall. Maybe I've done all these Twitter mocks, so I've got a little bit of recency bias, but man, Ty Ty Washington falls in every one of those. That would be a dream. Also not a great fit. Luca Brunson and Dinwiddie, assuming all three come back. So that being said, I think my top choice is your guy, Ismael Kamigate. I, I would really like him because he's got the mobility. I think he can meet guys at the rim. He can uh, hear me out being above the rim. Rim protector, he can be both. Uh, and I think I, I really do just believe that with Luca throwing him lobs, I mean, he's going to finish everything. And man, that dude runs so hard down the floor. I love the way he transitions from defense to offense and vice versa. I think I kind of heard it. I don't know if it's confirmed. I haven't talked to the, the, the big man in charge, but I believe Kamagate is going to be here in Dallas doing some pre-draft workouts. So once the season is over in France and then whatever national team duties, I know there's going to be like a small window, but I, I do believe that, that he will be here. Maybe I'll just reach out to him and ask him directly, but I, I have heard that, that there's a good chance that he will be here. So uh, that, that would be pretty cool to see. And uh, I mean, I think he's a good fit. Like if I had to choose anybody for the Mavs that I think would be um, the best fit, I would go with Kamagate. Maybe it's a little bit of bias because I've actually seen him play multiple times this year, but I think he does feel the need. I mean, he's a rim runner, vertical lob threat, a good shot blocker. But from watching him work out, and I will say this, I've had the opportunity to watch him work out and show me different things that he has not been able to showcase in a game. I do think that there is potential to space the floor. He feels like he has a little bit of Bam out of bio in his game. Maybe some Clint Capella. You know, I mean, we thought Dwight Powell was going to be a, a shooter. I remember at one point he looked like he was developing into a, a floor spacer. And then it just seemed like, I don't know, I, I felt like he was shooting at the beginning of the season. It looks like they just oh, said, okay, stop. <laughs> no, no more. Uh, but yeah, I, I like Kamagate a lot. Now, if there's any guards that you think other than like Ty Ty Washington, like it, who would be your dream scenario 
regardless of fit that you think could potentially fall that the Mavs could could end up having? Man, you know, I'm about to I'm about to get smacked by by a lot of Mavs fans for what I'm about to say for doubling down on the Euro. Um, man, if Nikola Jovic is there, I'd love to see him develop here. Um, Jason Kidd has helped Josh Green. Maybe the Mavs can finally develop somebody. I like his ability just to shoot, stretch defense, create at 6'10". I don't know how well he actually defends. Uh, in fact, actually, I do. It, it's not well. I don't know how well he actually finishes. That's my real concern in the NBA is, is will he be able to finish? But an 18-year-old who's, I mean, he's really young. Like uh, He's 18 past the draft, if I'm not mistaken. He is, you know, with his range and shot creation ability, I'm, I'm willing to bet the rest comes along. Like if that translates just those skills at 6'10", I think you got a top 15 player in the draft. Yeah, I, I think that he could be available in that range. But then again, you never know, man. I really feel like between 15 and 35, it can be. I mean, it's not much, I mean, not much difference there. I mean, I think it's going to be a wild draft. I'm looking forward to draft night. But yeah, I mean, I think he would be a, a very interesting fit. But of course, the Mavs would be like battling the thunder for the most international, international. Wait, I changed my pick. Can I change my pick to somebody else? You're the Is GM, of course. Right? This guy could go really anyway. I think he's still rising, but I'm going to say it. Tari Eason. I would love, I would absolutely do anything for Tari Eason. I wanted Patrick Williams in 2020. Not a chance, obviously. He went number four. I want Tari Eason. I, I love his defense. I think his scoring translates. I think his ability to get to the rim translates. All of it. I want all of Tari Eason on the Mavs. Yeah, and I think he's a better passer than the numbers indicate. Yep. Bro, I want to talk a little bit more about him, but let's get to Bet Online. Because Bet Online is your number one source for betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering info from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. I'm Rafael Barlow. He is Richard Stateman. He is on the clock for the Mavericks right now. Tari Eason. We left off talking about him. I mean, what a difference the year makes. Last year, at this time, he was in the portal, goes from Cincinnati to LSU, barely makes a ripple in, in, in you know, the whole transfer news. Not someone that we all thought was going to be in this position. And now, I mean, he's someone that, I mean, I have him as a lottery on my last mock. But like like I was saying before the break, that this draft is so crazy, you just never know who can fall. I mean, we're, we still haven't really got into the individual workouts yet and, and all the intel and, and then the combine stuff. So he could be available. But let's say he is available for Dallas. What do you, How do you think the Mavs would use him? Oh man, I, I'm all about that. I, I think they would use him as a as somewhat creator. You know, the Mavs really just don't have front court creation. It's all the right. backcourt does all of the offense. And I think it would create a lot of mismatches, both for shooters and just for Luca and just how teams defend the Mavs as a whole. I think it unlocks a whole nother level. And on top of that, you can guard the best player on the other team. It, it, it alleviates a lot of stress off Maxi, for example. Yeah, one thing I, I noticed, like, when I watched him, he is, like, this, this um, defensive playmaker. Like, he creates a lot of his own offense with his defense, whether it's steals, blocks, and he's such a good transition finisher. 
And I mean, I think that he would be a good fit for any team. I'm a Blazers fan. And I, I think I, well, I had him mocked to the Blazers before the whole play in thing and the Blazers <laughs> don't have two picks now, but I, I thought the Blazers were going to be able to get him with one of their two lottery picks, but obviously that is unlikely to happen unless the Blazers fall or select them higher. But I think like Easton could be like this guy that you can plug and play on any team. He gets to the free throw line and it's just based off of his activity. And if the shot ends up translating, then, then, I mean, I think he could be a really high level starter. All right. So now we're off the clock with the Mavs back on the clock with the magic and it is pick number 32, and this is a wide range. I mean, this is <laughs> – it could be somebody that you have projected at the back end of the lottery could still be available here. But what makes this so tricky and uh, difficult and why I'd rather it be you than me, because, the ma- I mean, the, the Magic are going to have three draft picks. And no matter who they take, even at number two is going to be a lot of redundancy. <laughs> so, so at number 32 – when this difficult job that you have, who are some guys that you think could be available for Orlando? Now, honestly, and I've said this before, and I hope, you know, nobody gets offended by this, but if I'm an agent, I'm like, no, man, we're not going to Orlando. There's not, even though it's not a, a good team, you have to look at the roster, the way it's constructed now and wondering like, all right, what path can my guy come in here and earn minutes as a rookie, you know, if it's a, a point guard, then you're, you're feeling like, all right, at the minimum, you're third on the depth chart. If it's at the, I mean, maybe fourth <laughs> at, at the two, um, unless it's like this big wing two, but you still got to figure they're going to play Fultz and Suggs together and Anthony. You, you, so, you know, that three guard rotation is there. If it's at the, the three, Maybe, unless you're just a, a lights-out role player, shooter. The four spot is definitely confusing because you could say Isaac, Wagner, and whoever they select at number two, if, if that's the pick, is going to be that rotation there. And then at center, I mean, Wendell Carter's the guy. Maybe Mo Bamba's gone. I don't know. So anyway, you got to look at, like, man, is is there a clear path to earn some playing time? So – if you're the general manager, and I'm saying it from the, if I'm the agent of a player, <laughs> but if you're the general manager of the Magic at number 32, are you swinging for the fences here? Are you just gambling or are you going for somebody that you think could come in and, and help make the team better immediately? Well, if we're being the absolute most realistic in this scenario, they're trading these picks because they, this front office has used one, maybe two, they've used two. Uh, second round picks since taking over in 2017. Wes Awundu and Justin Jackson, the one that never played in the NBA for Maryland. So this, this front office doesn't have a track record of actually using these picks. They also really never get these top five picks in the second round. So I think realistically, they might trade back. Dallas could be a real candidate. Uh, well, two for one action, get a 32 and 35 for 26, something like that. But uh, to answer the question of just staying along and keeping the pick, um, you know, I, I, I do agree. I think this is a chance also draft and stash could be an option. Um, but I think I'll, I'll save that less exciting route for 35. Really, when you're drafting at the, for the magic at this point, you're replacing four 
rotation spots or four roster spots. It's Gary Harris, maybe five. Uh, Gary Harris, you have Terrence Ross. I think he's out the door. Um, you have Admiral Schofield, who's like the 13th or 14th man. Iggy Brasdakis, whichever one Schofield wasn't, Iggy was, and then Robin Lopez. So you're really not replacing valuable minutes. So it gets really hard to pick here. All of that being said, the pick is in. I would take just best player available. Um, you know, again, this is something where it's like the talent is going to fall. Is it going to be someone like Bochamp? I could see potentially even falling this far because nobody knows how far, how real his jump shot is. I think there's real questions on that. Absolutely nobody knows what Usman Jang's sock is. I don't know if he is there. But, you know, I'm just blanking, banking on one of these guys that should go in the top 20 to slip. I mean, Jaden Hardy could put I don't know if he'll be in the second round. But there's just one of those guys is what I would bank on. I don't have a specific name for this, unfortunately. But there's going to be somebody who slips that should be a top 15 prospect pre-draft. And uh, I think that's who you go for. Yeah, I don't think there's much difference between 32 and 35 for sure. <laughs> you know, so if there's a guy you really like at 32, he could be available at 35. Now, does Mavs draft trade with Magic draft? <laughs> so, um, we accept. So you would do 32 and 35 for 26 if, if you know, if you were in, in charge of both. I just, I have a very hard time seeing the one, you said it best, like 15 to 35, 40, whatever range you want to call it. Whatever runs through it, 100% goes 15 to 35 of the minimum is completely interchangeable to me. I, I've seen so many boards where it's like, okay, I have this guy at 15, you have him at 30, but also like the gut names in between are all the exact same. So I, I think the Mavs do it, save a little bit of money, I think, because it's non-guaranteed contracts in the second round if they take someone that comes over right away. And the Magic love not taking second round picks. So it kind of makes sense for both, so, both sides. Um, if the Mavs also want to get drafts and stash, they really have no presence there right now. They have no international guys outside of, uh, the kid from Finland, I think, uh, that's become an international presence in the Olympics and FIBA games. But, uh, I, I just, I think it could work out for both and they could also move another pick back. They could trade both picks separately to get more assets. All right. So let's say they do keep the picks and remember you're in charge. <laughs> true, true. You're in charge. So who are two players? And I mean, you could, I mean, I, can, I mean, of course there's a wide range of guys, but who are two players that you, that you personally would take a swing on if you are in charge of the magic? Yeah. Uh, I'd say start with John, uh, Jean Montero, John Montero. I don't still not say his name exactly, Jan. but Jan Montero. So I would, I would go with him. Um, you know, the intrigue, I, he's a mystery player to some extent. Uh, crazy handles. People talk about him having some of the best handles in the class, really deep range. Hope maybe the tools come along a little bit. Um, and then the second, Wendell Moore could be a wing. I think uh, that fits that magic offense and defense. He plays good defense, can create for others and spot up shoot. Now, would you take a gamble on, uh, and I mean, I don't want to butcher the guy's name, from Davidson. I know you're high on him, the Korean Clay Thompson um, as a fit. Know. I, well, I, I don't even know if he's in the draft yet. Maybe we'll, we'll I like him. Uh, Hyun Jung Lee, I do like him. However, I started to grow a little bit less optimistic because of the decline this year. And then also some of the footwork on some of his threes does go missing at times. Slight worries. And I might, maybe I'm overthinking what he did last year, which um, was ridiculous. He shot 
three. Uh, he averaged 50, 40, 50, 44, 90. So 51%, 44 from three on five and a half attempts per game. And it's funny because like we're talking, I'm talking like he just had like some horrible year, but he went down to 47% from the field, 38% from three. So like, it's still really good. I, I would consider it at that point though. If there was a guy, and this is me putting on my, magic gm hat and i'll end with this if there was a guy that i think could come in and fill a role and provide like a positional need i would go with gabriel prachita i think that he could be like this three-point shooter that doesn't necessarily need the ball he's athletic he could be a defender the only question i have there for him is if it's a bad team again and they start playing a little bit selfish and the ball doesn't move then i think he could end up being someone that doesn't look good if he's trying to make the right play. But everything I've seen about him, he is a confident sniper. And when he is, when he does get touches, he's, he's letting it fly. But I think he could be like this off-ball shooter that Orlando sorely needs, like you had mentioned at the, at the top of the show. So that would be a guy that I think could, could possibly be available, but man, we just don't know. I mean, this is going to be such a weird draft, but this is going to be one of my favorite drafts because I think every year we're probably doing more and more research and everybody's like <laughs> focused on, on, on and, and this draft space getting better at their craft. And I mean, I, you're, I mean, what was your big board list? I mean, how many players deep was it? Like a hundred or something like that? Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, I try, honestly, I'll, I'll be 100% transparent. I probably shouldn't expose myself on this, but I just kind of like the idea of exposing players and like getting some of the names that just don't go. And, you know, a lot of people stop at 50. So, you know, the 50, but it's like, what about the other 50? Like there's tons of players in the draft. I do a lot of it for exposure more than actual, like, you know, in-depth analysis through like, what's the difference between 108 and 110? You know, I don't want to do that. Like, but just kind of showing off the names. Yep. All right, before we go, uh, actually, you know, where can the audience find your work? I mean, most people know you by now. I mean, you're, you're constantly tweeting about the draft and, and, and uh, dropping videos. But for those that do not know where they can find you at, where, where can the audience reach you? Yeah, everything's at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Uh, it's the hub. I'll, anything I post to my site, MavsDraft.com, or um, videos, anything like that, scouting reports, all of it, it's all there. Well, man, that wraps up this episode. Richard Stamen has fixed the Orlando Magic. He's made a couple of trades, and he's got the Dallas Mavericks or rim protector. He's addressed some shooting for Orlando. So, I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I guess none of us are right at this time, but actually, like like the moves that he's made there. So, thank you so much, but also thank you for listening and for I guess your second listen, maybe you know third listen. Actually, you know you can listen to as many different locked on podcasts as possible because you know, we've got all 30 NBA teams. We got locked on now. We got NBA big board, but we also have the locked on NBA podcast and that covers everything from the first jump ball of has covered everything from the first jump ball in the play in tournament. And they'll be covering everything to the last possession of the NBA finals, which doesn't look like it will include the Brooklyn Nets. And the Locked On experts will take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis from all 30 teams. I'm Rafael Barlow. He's Richard Stamen, a.k.a. Mavs and Magic Draft. And we are out.